Welcome back to The Der Show. Would you believe that Congress this afternoon actually passed a bipartisan measure uh, by an overwhelming vote? Uh, the measure was one, obviously, that was long overdue, uh, and it offers protection, Secret Service-type protection, to justices of the Supreme Court and their families, much like other um, government officials have uh, protection. Uh, obviously, this bill was stimulated by the uh, man from California who uh, tried to get close enough to Justice Kavanaugh to um, uh, assassinate uh, him. Um, <clears throat> the, the, um, the, the need to protect justices is you know, relatively new in our world. Um, when I was a law clerk on the Supreme Court back in the 1963-1964 term, I started as a law clerk um, three months before President Kennedy was assassinated and then continued for another eight or nine months after he was assassinated. And of course, the assassination of President Kennedy changed everything. Prior to the assassination of President Kennedy, any citizen could walk up the steps of the United States Supreme Court building, uh, walk to the justices' chambers, pick a justice that he would like to talk to, knock on the door and say, hi, I'm John Smith. I'd really love to say hello to Justice Goldberg. He wrote an opinion a couple of weeks ago that I, I really would like to talk to him about. I, dis, I disagree with it. Uh, and our secretary uh, would knock on Justice Goldberg's door and say, there's a man there named Smith. He'd like to talk to you. You have a minute? And Goldberg would often say, invite him in. Give him some coffee. And he'd invite me in, my fellow law clerk, and we'd sit and we'd schmooze with this stranger for 10 minutes. And then he'd say, excuse me, but you know, I have to go to conference or I have to write an opinion or something. But anybody could 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 walk in. Friends would come up the steps and we would knock on the door and we'd, we'd have lunch together in the Supreme Court cafeteria. I remember there were a couple of kind of old men um, who were the guards. Uh, they were like retired uh, policemen or something like that. I don't remember if they even had weapons. Uh, they were just the old nice guys who would tell you where uh, the bathroom was or where the cafeteria was. The Supreme Court building was very interesting um, because uh, my favorite room in the Supreme Court building uh, was not the chambers where the justices heard argument or even my office. My favorite part of the Supreme Court building was the basketball court on the fifth floor, uh, the highest uh, floor of the Supreme Court. Uh, we used to call it the highest court in the land. And I played uh, basketball there. Um, I remember once playing in a pickup game. And it was all law clerks, except Justice Wizard White was uh, playing in the game. As you may know, Justice Wizard White, Byron White, who was appointed to the Supreme Court by John Kennedy, as they were very close friends, uh, was an all-American uh, football player. I think he played for Pittsburgh and he played college and was a remarkable, great, great uh, football player. But I have to tell you, as a basketball player, he was a great football player. He was all elbows. I tell you, I'll never forget getting a shot in the mouth from Justice White and, and, and yelling out, son of a bitch, oh, Mr. Justice. And then I continued <laughs> playing. He smiled and he continued to be as tough as, as he ever was. But, you know, those were the days. Then Kennedy got assassinated. I actually drove Justice Goldberg to the White House the next night, um, um, because he was one of the few people who knew um, both uh, Lyndon Johnson and John Kennedy, and it was close to both families. So 
he was there to advise the Johnson family and to advise the Kennedy family, et cetera. And I waited for him. I just drove up to the White House, uh, uh, right to the front door and waited in my, in my car until he finished his meeting. And then I took him, took him back home. Again, everything changed after the Kennedy assassination. We got increased security, though not a tremendous amount of security. In fact, I'll just tell one more little uh, vignette from that terrible day in, in November of 1963. So um, my secretary, or actually the office's secretary, all we had in those days were two law clerks, one secretary, and a messenger. And the secretary who worked for me, my fellow clerk, and Justice Goldberg's husband, was um, a major in the Army in charge of communications between the Army and the President. And he was the first person who heard the shots in Dallas. And while he was on the phone with the secretary, um, he told her, my God, we have a crisis. There's been a shooting. Uh, don't know anything, but we know that there's been a shooting at the president. Um, and so he, she told me she was an older woman. She had been working for Justice Goldberg for a long time. Go tell the justice, because Justice Goldberg was a very close friend of, um, of John F. Kennedy. And I said, I can't. They're in conference. And the first rule is law clerks are not allowed in the conference room. The conference room only is for justices. And if somebody has to deliver something to a justice in the middle of the conference, you knock on the door and the youngest justice, the junior justice, comes, steps outside for a second, takes the paper or the book and goes back in and closes the door. So I did that. And uh, the junior justice at the time was my justice, Justice Goldberg. And I knocked at the door and he said, Alan, you know, you can't come in here. Go away. And I said, Mr. Justice, I hate to be the bearer of bad, bad news, but um, there's been a shooting and, and we think the president uh, has been shot. And I, and I know the justices will want to know this. And so uh, I went back to my little cubicle office where I had a television because I'm a sports fanatic. And I had just finished watching the World Series in September, October. This was November. I still had the small black 10-inch uh, television in my office. It turned out it was the only television in the entire Supreme Court. And so the entire Supreme Court came to my little office to watch Walter Cronkite talk about this. And when Walter Cronkite finally announced that the word is in that the president of the United States is dead. Um, Wizard White, who was his very close friend, was crying like a, like a baby. Uh, the chief justice then ordered all the justices to go to a secret place where people in the government were to go uh, in case there was some kind of a coup. He said, you can't be sure that this isn't part of a more general assassination. Remember when Lincoln was assassinated and and others, there, there were attempts to uh, assassinate other people in the government. So the only people left behind to take care of the Supreme Court was us 23-year-old um, uh, law clerks. And, and, and we, we stayed there. And I was in the car with Justice Goldberg the very next day, the Sunday. He was killed on Friday on the Sunday. And I was taking him to the funeral. And, um, and it came over the radio that... Um, the man who was accused of killing uh, the president, Oswald, had just himself been killed. And I remember Goldberg saying, what kind of a country are we living in? Oh, my God. It was a terrible, terrible time. That Sunday, I was supposed to be playing touch football on the, on the White House lawn. 
Um, every year there was a, a football, touch football game between the executive and the judiciary. And the head of the executive department uh, football team was Bobby Kennedy, who had played football for Harvard. Uh, and the head of the, uh, obviously, of the judicial team was Wizard White, who had played football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That, that, that never, never was to happen. It was a, a very, very sad day. Well, no justice of the Supreme Court has ever been uh, assassinated. Uh, I just want you to imagine, imagine what would have happened if, God forbid, this man from California with a gun and a knife had made it into Justice Kavanaugh's house and had assassinated Justice Kavanaugh. Think about that for a minute. It would have changed the vote in Roe versus Wade overruling. Remember, this comes after the opinion by Justice Alito is leaked, and it has five justices, including Justice Kavanaugh. If, God forbid, Justice Kavanaugh had been killed, the vote then would be four to two to three. Uh, let's see, four to two to three, or four to one to three. In any event, it wouldn't be a majority. Uh, Justice Roberts would have voted to concur and just uh, uphold the Mississippi statute, but not strike down Roe versus Wade. And so an assassination of a justice would have ultimately brought about a change in the law. And that, that is unacceptable. It happened once before, of course, in our history when President Lincoln was assassinated. It changed everything. It changed uh, Reconstruction. It uh, kept Jim Crow uh, as part of the law for many, many more years. Some assassinations work, some, some don't. President Kennedy's assassination, I don't think he had very much of an impact on uh, American history. Um, Prime Minister of Israel Rabin's assassination may have had an enormous, enormous impact on history. We might have had peace between Israel and the Palestinians, but for that assassination, some work, some don't. Um, the Kavanaugh assassination, I even hate, hate to say those words because I, I like Justice Kavanaugh as, as a person. I disagree with his um, judicial philosophy much of the time and certainly disagree with overruling Roe versus Wade. But uh, the idea that an assassination of a justice could actually bring about a change in the law is something that I don't think any of us want to contemplate. In fact, I would speculate this way. If God forbid that had happened, this is all a God forbid scenario that we're talking about today, but, you know, we have to do deal with that. Um, uh, if, in fact, he had been assassinated and the vote thereby changed and it lacked the five to overrule Roe versus Wade, I can imagine, I can just imagine, I'm not saying it would happen, but I can imagine at least the following conversation between some of the justices and Chief Justice John Roberts, I imagine some of the justices saying, look, you cannot let an assassin change the vote. Therefore, you should now vote as Justice Kavanaugh would have voted so that the assassination will not have changed anything or affected anything. I have no idea how, how Chief Justice Roberts would have handled that kind of suggestion. My, my hunch is that he would have rejected it and said, look, I have to vote my conscience. I have to vote what I think is right. And we just have to make sure that assassinations um, are prevented and, and, and don't occur. So I want to ask the next question. And this is really a key question. And it's what I put forward as the subject of this uh, podcast. Why has the 
attempt or the effort, it wasn't a technical attempt, but an effort by uh, an alleged assassin to kill a justice of the United States, possibly in order to change his vote. Why is that on page 23 of major media uh, newspapers? Why is it not a banner headline on page one? Why is it not the breaking news on CNN and the subject of panel, 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 one after the other? The way, for example, the January 6th non-hearing is um, uh, the grist for every CNN, MSNBC uh, mill. Why is it that the media hasn't focused on this story as one of the most important stories of of the year, perhaps the decade. Why uh, would would it have been the same if the uh, target of the alleged assassin had been Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she was alive, or um, my friend Steve Breyer, God forbid, uh, or Justice Sotomayor, or Justice Kagan? Um, is it because he is one of the justices who said he would vote, at least according to the preliminary assessment, for um, the overruling of Roe versus Wade. Uh, I find that hard to believe. I mean, the killing of a justice is an amazing, amazing story. I mean, it's been the subject of fiction, but never the subject, fortunately, of, of truth. And, and why? Why hasn't it received more attention? Now, maybe because it's, you know, it's not controversial. Um, I haven't heard anybody. I'm sure there are some people on the hard, 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 hard left um, who whisper among themselves, oh, wouldn't it have been a great thing if he couldn't vote on Roe versus uh, Wade? But I've never heard that in any way suggested in public. And I'm only speculating that it was suggested in private, but I'll bet you a lot of money it was. Um, in any event, um, I still don't know why it hasn't received the attention that it ought to have achieved and why if, um, you know, if there had been an assassination attempt on Pelosi or on Schumer, I think it would have gotten more attention. Now, I use the word assassination attempt. Let me be very, very clear. And this is going to be bad news for some uh, people. Uh, the man who was arrested and charged with attempted murder under existing law probably cannot be successfully prosecuted for attempted murder. Here I need to give you a little bit of first-year criminal law. Uh, I've taught attempts for obviously 50 years, and I started writing about it as a first-year law student in 1959. Uh, so I probably am the world's leading expert uh, on the American law of attempts. I challenge anybody to say they know more than I do. I've written extensively about it. I've litigated it. I won the most important attempt case in modern history where um, my client uh, tried to shoot somebody, but the man was dead, uh, had already been previously shot. And the question is, can you attempt to kill a corpse? That's my case. It's taught in every law school in the country. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, a criminal attempt. Now, here's the irony, and it's, 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 it's maybe a stupid law, but it's the law. Here's the irony. If, if this man from California conspired with anybody, if there were two people involved, then it would be conspiracy to murder, without a doubt. There would be enough there, an agreement to kill, coupled with 
a single overt act would be enough for conspiracy to murder. But if it was only one person involved, to become an attempted murder, it has to be closer to the actual commission of the crime than what occurred here. Here we had what's called in the law preparation or surveillance. There are some jurisdictions and some cases which suggests that that may be enough if you can prove unequivocally that the person had absolutely made up his mind and was taking steps toward an inevitable conclusion. But for the most part, um, the, the, the law doesn't permit that. I want another attempt case uh, a few years ago, uh, citing um, Abraham and Isaac. Remember that Abraham lifted his knife to plunge into the body of his son, Isaac. And as he's about to plunge, we think, the hand of the angel comes forward and stops him. And so I always use that in my class. Did Abraham attempt to murder Isaac? And the debate would usually focus on, well, would Abraham actually have done it? Or did he hold his hand up knowing and expecting that God or the angel would stop him? In my case, um, my client was caught with a knife held over a man who had burned to death his sister. And he was caught by the police with his hand like this. And I was able to argue, and we won the case, that we don't know for sure whether he was merely threatening him, whether he would actually have plunged the knife into his uh, body. And so eventually he, he, went, he went free. I think that doctrine would probably apply here as well. And so it's very likely, not certain, but very likely, that uh, this terrible man who did this terrible thing that could have caused the most terrible result may not be able to be charged with actually attempted murder. He could probably be charged with a range of other, unfortunately, far less serious crimes. But it's possible that the law will be stretched. We know today the law is often stretched um, for ideological and partisan reasons. And because it's a justice of the Supreme Court, courts may lean over backwards and extend the law of attempts to apply to this conduct. But if you ask any first-year law student whether somebody caught uh, outside of somebody's house uh, with a gun and a knife um, um, planning to possibly assassinate or kill somebody, whether that's an attempt, uh, most of them will say probably, probably not. So, <clears throat> excuse me, please. Unresolved, uh, we'll probably find out the answer to that question or an answer to that question. Um, uh, you know what Albert Einstein said when somebody said to him, what if the eclipse and the various movements of the bodies of the planets prove that your uh, theory um, um, is, is, is wrong? Uh, and, um, and Einstein arrogantly answered, my theory is too beautiful to be wrong. Maybe God is wrong, but my theory is, is right, regardless of what the evidence is. So I say the same thing, not as arrogantly, but I say the same thing about attempts. I'm right about my analysis of attempts. The courts may rule differently and against me, but I'm still right. Uh, the law of attempts uh, for hundreds of years required more than surveillance preparation in order to convict somebody of uh, the serious crime of attempted murder. So... Let's go to, um, to letters. Now, the letters today are absolutely remarkable. I've never seen anything like this. I got probably a 1,000 letters 
a thousand letters on my show, all of them virtually dedicated to saying that Donald Trump was 100% right, that he won the election, that Biden is not the legitimate president. I did not get a single letter, not a single letter supporting um, Attorney General Barr, supporting uh, virtually everybody who's looked at, at the evidence. Everybody who wrote to me said, most of them in very foul language, uh, but some of them were quite intelligent. Some of them were very thoughtful. Many of them invoked the film 2000 uh, Mules, which I have not been able to see yet. It's been hard to get, um, but I'm going to try to see it tonight. And uh, then I'll talk about it in a future show. I've read a lot of reviews of it. And I know D Denise D'Souza, I like him. I, I, I have a lot of respect for him. Indeed, I played a very small role in helping him get a pardon from President uh, Trump. Um, but the reviews are devastating um, and critical. But I'm going to make up my own mind, um, as you, many of you who have seen it, have made up your own mind. But your views all go one way. Uh, so let's just give you a selection of some of the letters. Bill Barr sold out to the corrupt deep state, central bank. Well, guess what? I believe the bullshit. I may be old, but I believe what I saw on election night. Trump was and is the only one telling the truth, you fucking pigs. Uh, these are th three or four different letters. There is no possibility, no possibility, no possibility whatsoever that Joe Biden won that election. None. Zero. Um, the claim that he won, you know, 81 million votes, uh, they claim is, is, is fraudulent. We'll get to some of that. Say what you want about Mr. Trump. Democrats have not prosecuted thousands of rioters that caused lives ruined, lost in billions of damages in 2020, because before the midterm election, the riots and destruction will be 100 times worse so they can declare martial law election over. Now, I don't believe that, but I do agree with you. I think there has been too little attention paid to the riots uh, that occurred in the Western, particularly Western part of the United States with burning <clears throat> of cars and burning of uh, and destruction of, of, of courts. So we have, we have a contrary letter. We have a contrary letter. Let's hear it. I, I wrote in comments that I'm a Republican who believes Biden won. Where do I send a letter to, to reach you? Okay. <laughs> just, just um, you know, there's a comment note. You can just press the comment. But uh, he is really, really in the minority. Here's another one. You can't be that stupid, Dershowitz. Anyone watching that night saw it. Yeah, I watched that night. I watched every minute of it. And there was plenty of evidence right away. You're clearly not looked at any of it. It terrifies me that you're an attorney who looks at evidence for a living. 81 million votes, more than Reagan, more than Obama, more than any president in history. Smoke some more. No, no, no. Read the data. There are more Americans than there have ever been before. More Americans voted than ever before. You know who got the second most votes in history after President Trump, after President uh, 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 Biden? Uh, it was Donald Trump. So even though Trump got 7 million fewer votes, um, 7 or 8 million fewer votes, then, uh, then Biden did. He got more votes than Reagan and uh, Obama and, and many of the others. We're, we're seeing a shift in, in, in demographics. So, of course, the next president, whoever it is, will probably have more votes than anybody else. And 
in, in history. That's just a trend that's likely to continue. He got 81 million votes, 81.2 million votes. And uh, that's a fact. Now, maybe some were fraudulent. Uh, the ones in Pennsylvania shouldn't have counted. I said that over and over again, but <laughs> no way. It uh, subtracts enough votes from him to give the election over to Trump. It's just not the case. It's just not historically accurate, mathematically accurate. And yeah, every single one of the letters says the opposite. So let's read some more. I disagree. Trump won. I heard Biden say that he would win because it was fixed. Yeah, I'll give you $10,000 if you can find me a quote in which you heard Biden say he would win because it was fixed. It never happened. Judith 8091, you made it up. Biden never said that. Of course, he never said that. And then some of them are quite intelligent um, and thoughtful, but wrong. Um, I have started to follow you because in many new shows, you demonstrated fairness that others did not. But what I just heard really disappointed me. Do you really, with a straight face, try to tell me that Biden really won the presidency? The man or his handlers ran the campaign from a basement with a handful of people that were paid to attend his rallies, uh, when at the same time Trump held four or five rallies for tens of thousands of people each and every month. Are you seriously saying Biden won the presidency? That goes beyond any reasonable expectation for me to continue to follow you any longer. No reasonable person would hold these views of the 2020 presidential election. Well, the vast majority of Americans, including Republicans, hold that view. Um, you saw some of the people who were quoted, who were Republicans, included, including Republican election lawyers, uh, Republican leaders. Uh, vast, vast majority of Americans believe that uh, Biden legitimately won the election and is the current appropriate and legal president. Dershowitz voted for Biden. Dershowitz owes me gas money. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, send me a bill. Um, you have to be a special kind of stupid do not believe 2020 was stolen. Well, I plead guilty. Um, I don't believe the election was stolen. Do I think it was perfect? No, I don't think it was perfect. Um, Biden couldn't fill a parking lot, let alone get 81 million votes. Anyway, how are you liking him now? Well, I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about him now. I think uh, he's handled some things quite well. I think he organized the uh, uh, a group around defending Ukraine very well. I think he's helped preserve the NATO alliance far better than I think President Trump had, had done it. So I, I, I like his approach to uh, Ukraine. I don't like some of the allegations about what Hunter Biden may have done in terms of lining his pocket with money about Ukraine, but he's not the president. Uh, Biden, Joe Biden is, is the president. Uh, I don't like inflation. I'm not sure who's at fault uh, for it. Um, but I have never liked any president of the United States since I voted for John Kennedy 100 uh, percent. I hated what John Kennedy did in the Bay of Pigs invasion. I love what he did during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I hated some of the things that Lyndon Johnson did, particularly in his personal life. And I love what he did in the civil rights um, movement. I love what Richard Nixon did in helping to defend Israel uh, during the 1973 war. And I hated what he did at, at, at Watergate. Uh, I love what Jimmy Carter did 
in some of the domestic issues, and he was one of the worst foreign policy presidents. Yeah, we're going to down the list. Everybody I ever voted for, I've disagreed with. And you could ask me about any of them. What do you think of them now? And I say, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? And I always vote for what's the alternative. And then you get, you know, so you get some thoughtful ones. Then you get these, you know, just another commie lying. Do you know how strongly I oppose communism? I've opposed communism since I was like 12 years old. Just another commie lying. Censor communists, especially this one. Yeah, you want to censor me? We're in America, buddy. You don't censor people. And I'm not a communist. I'm an anti-communist. You remind me of the stupid policeman who was trying to break up a rally at City College in the 1930s, led by communists. And people were beating each other. Communists were beating each other. The opponents were beating each other. And finally, one of the policemen grabbed one of these guys and said, you're under arrest. And the guy said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm an anti-communist. And the policeman said, I don't care what kind of communist you are. You're under arrest. That sounds like the stupidity of D. Bose, uh, you know, calling me a communist. Uh, uh, what an ass Dershowitz is. He voted for Biden. He voted for Hillbilly, two racist anti-Semites, but he doesn't like the way the Democrats are acting. What a shithead. Hey, often don't like the way people I voted for are acting. I wouldn't like to have voted for somebody who didn't support a woman's right to choose abortion, gay rights, uh, reasonable gun control, uh, reasonable climate control, separation of church and state, uh, free speech. Those are the things I, I care deeply about. And um, none of my candidates uh, ever, ever satisfy my needs. I wrote a book recently called The Case for Liberalism in an Age of Extremism or Why I Left the Left but Couldn't Join the Right. I am homeless politically. I can't join uh, and support enthusiastically without reservation any party. I just try to do and vote for the person I think would be the least worst alternative. <clears throat> right. If you like Trump or not, all evidence need to be inspected by nonpartisan experts. I agree. However, how do you know your nonpartisan experts aren't hired or bribed by partisan officials or elite people? I have zero trust left. How nice it would be if the process could be properly guarded. One clear, honest result is rendered, and it's actually the truth. Boy, you and I are completely on the same side. We as a nation have lost trust. We have lost faith in institutions. This kangaroo court committee has contributed to that enormously. It won't change a single mind because when you have a one-sided presentation, without the other side having an opportunity to respond, to cross-examine, to present its own evidence. Nobody takes the results seriously, and nobody should. You can't even believe what you see that they show you. They show you a speech from President Trump, and they say this is his speech, but they leave out the key words. They doctor the tape. They edit the tape. They leave out the words at the end of the speech where he says, near the end, where he says, I want you to go to the Capitol peacefully and patriotically to have your voices heard. You put that on. You don't take it out. You don't edit it. You can say he didn't mean it. You can say it was a dog whistle. You can say whatever you want, but you can't leave it out and expect me to give you credibility. And that's what's lacking in this country today, trust and credibility. See you tomorrow.